Father, I bless your name. Have your way. Speak in this place, Holy Spirit. Move by your spirit. Touch us on the deep levels of our lives. <clears throat> Grant that we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that are able, would you stand with us for just a brief reading of the word? You've already heard it in Matthew chapter 1. I want to pick it up at verse 20. As he lay, I'm reading from the Living Bible, by the way. As he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you shall name his name Jesus, meaning Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through his prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a son. She shall call his she shall give birth to a son, and she shall call Emmanuel, meaning God with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Look at someone right now and just say, neighbor, can God disrupt your life with purpose? Find a different neighbor. That one wasn't the right one. Ask your neighbor now. Say, can God disrupt your life on purpose? God bless you. You may take your seats. I want to talk for the next few moments about a divine disruption. A divine disruption. Uh, for those who don't realize why I'm sitting today, I'm coming in for a funeral and step wrong way. I don't know what happened. My foot popped. From that moment on, I've been in extreme pain. Last Sunday, I was in church. I was sitting in church. I, was, I came. I was right here. I, I was dressed as I am dressed right now, fully robed, ready to walk out. I looked over at Elder Wade. I said, Elder Wade, do you, how you feel? He said, Bishop, I feel better than I felt in any time in my life. I feel so good right now. I'm just glad to be here. I said, that's good. That's good. I said, I'll be out there. I'm coming out. I'm going to come out. I'm going to sit on the first row. I said, but if you don't see me, do you have a sermon? He looked at me like, I've been waiting for this. Not only do I have a sermon, but God gave it to me. I looked up in church, and I'm, I'm watching the service and get around the altar prayer. I can barely move my leg. I can't get up. I'm barely standing. And so the Gary start altar call out here in the service, and I'm sitting back there, and I'm trying to get attention to Elder Martin to say, lead elder, I think you need to get Elder Wade prepared. And uh, then I saw him come up to pray. I said, oh. I said, Lord, if he don't feel good, he in trouble today. 
But true to form, God not only used him, but God ministered to people. And I said to him just a moment ago, I said to him, I said, you know what? What you don't realize is that a sermon out of due season in the sense of the calendar may be right in the season of somebody's pain. And God doesn't care about your calendar when he can heal somebody's pain. Lord, was I supposed to not preach last week? I would appreciate if you just told me. I've come today, this last Sunday of the year, with one thought in mind, a divine disruption. The other Sunday, I was talking to you about how sometimes God, and I don't know if you got this part, so hear it closely. Sometimes God will send a disruption in your life, and the angel of God, whether in dream or in vision or theopony, as we call it, will speak to you. And other times, God will use you to be the angel, to speak to someone else. How many times has God tried to get your attention to use you, to speak to you? to open up your mind to something that was fresh and revelatory. How many times has God woken you in the night to say, I want to talk to you? And instead of you accepting it as God wanted to speak to you and getting on your knees and praying, you got aggravated because you needed to sleep. How many dreams has God disturbed for you? where he wanted to give you revelation about the future, and instead of you seeing the revelation of the future, you looked at the dream with fear. How many times has God put a word on someone's lips to offer to you that resonated with your spirit that you knew was from God, and yet you rejected it? When I was a kid, you know, we tell all kind of jokes, you know, about parental wisdom. And uh, the, when the biggest joke was when, when mama would tell you something, mama would say, hard head, make a soft what? Ooh, y'all said it in church. Since Ulysses is sitting here and he's so well educated, I'm going to say it makes a soft derriere. Listen, there are times in your life when God is trying to shake your life because God wants to use you. Oh, Reverend, you don't know. I'm just too old. Hold on. If you read Luke 2, Anna was very old. She had been sitting in the temple very old. More than 80 years since she had become a widow. She was extremely old, but yet God used her to speak a word to Mary and Joseph. Simeon was old, yet God used him to speak the light 
that was in Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. The Magi were foreigners. And yet God disrupted their lives that they would come forward and go see the babe. Oh, well, I only have a menial job. The shepherds were tending sheep. And yet the angels show up. And they don't just show up. They give them a full show. Full singing measure. They, they're singing and praising God and giving prophetic words to shepherds. Y'all need to come here. Joseph was a regular dude. No special job. He was from the right family, but he didn't have the money. He could not even claim to use his title. He was part of the lineage of David, but yet he was not one of the rich ones in the family. Everybody had money but him. Regular dude. Mary hadn't even started her life good yet. Just a young woman. Oh, why did I go through the ranges of ages just then? Because I want you to know that God doesn't care about your station in life in terms of his purposeful use for your life. Poverty and wealth, age, doesn't have ableism, nothing. What is interesting about the scriptures is that God uses ordinary people who are willing to allow God to do extraordinary things. I, I need to ask you, can God do something extraordinary with you? Can God take you and do something extraordinary? Can God disrupt your life? Can God do something that will be transformational in your life? Because when they were disrupted by what God did in their lives, it happened as a transformational way. In other words, God transformed them. He shook them up physically. And I do believe that there's a transformational work that God wants to do in each of us. God wants to shake you physically. You, you ever wonder why when, when your emotions get high, your body responds? So you're emotional, your tear ducts open up. You're emotional, your hands start shaking. You're emotional, your foot starts tapping. You're emotional. Something about when the inside of you is touched, something happens physically to you. There are times when God wants to touch your body so he can use you. Transform your lips of clay to speak the great words of God. Transform your hands to hold someone else's who's struggling. Transform your eyes to see visions very clear. Transform your feet so you can walk with the preparation of the gospel of his own peace. God wants to transform you. But it's not just some physical manifestation. It's what God, what God wants you to have is this transcendent encounter. He, he wants something transcendent. I, I, um, 
let me see how to put this this morning. I'm sick and tired of folk having church that are not being spiritually moved. It's time for you to not simply have church and worship cognitively. Some of us are sent to that worship because we know we should. We were raised in church, so we come to church. We were taught to go to church, so we go to church. That's what we're taught to do. We go to church. We, my mama went to church. My daddy went and so I go to church. It's an activity I do. When are you going to stop doing an activity and allow God to be active in you? When are you going to stop reading scripture just to read it and let the scripture saturate you? When will you allow the Holy Spirit to come over you? Because see, nothing's going to happen until you let the Holy Spirit have control. You ought to tell yourself in 2020, I'm going to have a manifestation in my spirit and not just in my flesh. Holy Ghost, have your way. You know why people are looking for something spiritual now? Because they realize everything else is artificial. Everything else is artificial. The only thing real is the spirit. The only thing real is the spirit. The only thing that matters is the spirit. The only thing of you that is worth anything beyond this life is the spirit. See, you're really just a spirit having a terrestrial journey. But you think you're an earthbound creature trying to become spiritual. No, E.T., your spirit keeps calling home. This world is not your home. You're a stranger here. I think, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, that there's a place you can get in God that your spirit is so connected to God that you can endure anything in your flesh be it great or small, because the connection you have is beyond this world. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I know you, you're riding with me. I do believe that there is an ultimate thing that God wants from each of us, and that is to be triumphant in this world. Okay. Here they are. They have these encounters. They go through this. Each of them has something that changes in them. Something happens to them. Let me, let me just, I'm going to give you three words to take home with you. 
these just these three words these these no one has them uh, I didn't even give them to the people upstairs excuse me brother Solomon I got three things I want to give you three words just three words the first word is this the reason why God gives you an encounter is that you can become a worshiper worshiper now the worshiping relates to your connecting it's the vertical God wants you to become a worshiper God wants you to become a worshiper. I'm uh, pulling my, my cross out. God wants you, bottom up, to become a worshiper. The straight part of the cross to become a worshiper. I, okay, you didn't get that yet. It went over your head. Because, see, the more you worship God, watch this, the more heaven becomes a part of earth. And earth begets a glimpse of heaven. Because all night and all day, all they do in glory is to worship and glorify God. And the more you worship in the earth realm, the more we open up the portal towards glory, to bring glory into the natural. Why do you think the angels started singing in front of those shepherds? They opened up the portal so that the shepherds on earth could realize what was going on in heaven and say, let me give you a clue, earth. Heaven is rejoicing because of what happened in the earth realm. And I need somebody to join with us in worshiping the king. I'm opening up a place here so that you can get a touch of heaven. I'm opening up a pathway so you can feel God in a deeper manner. I'm opening up a trunk so that you can get into this flow of God. Let me tell you something. You, you, you got a problem if you don't want to be a worshiper. If you don't like worshiping God, you're not going to like heaven. So you, you might as well go on to H-E double hockey sticks now because you ain't going to like heaven. Because when I get to heaven, there's going to be some praise and worship going on. I've been through too much. I wish I had a witness right there. I've been through too much. Not to worship him. I've been through too much not to worship him. I wish I had a witness right there. I've been through not
and just say, Hallelujah. Look at somebody, tell them, My worship is for real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My worship is for real. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. My worship is for real. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. My worship is for real. My words are Say yeah. Yeah. I just, I just want you to look at somebody and just say, neighbor, I don't know what you went through in 2019, but I've been through too much not to worship him. Okay, 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 I know. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm gone, I got to go, okay. Because my worship, my worship is for real. Because my worship, my worship is for real. I just got one more time. Because my worship. My worship is for real. I, I told you I had three words. I want y'all to help me with this next one. Because he doesn't just want worshipers. After they saw what they saw, those, those uh, folks in the, in the field, uh, and, and after the mad guy saw the star, you, you know what they had to go do next? They had to go be witnesses. And I just, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe that anybody connected to true worship can live a life without witnessing sometime. Mm. 
James Cleveland said it this way. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. But I just couldn't keep it to myself. No, 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 no. Get, let, let me just, would you just take 30 seconds and look at somebody, just tell them, neighbor, I have a testimony. Go ahead, tell them one thing God did for you. Tell them I got a testimony. Hold on, hold on. Bro, brother, I went, I, I, I got up to see Elder, Elder Charles. I, I hobbled my way up. To, to, that I want to, it's a struggle right now. Y'all forgive me. Elder Charles said, I, I got one thing. Bishop said, I'm working on a sermon. When I get back, uh, he's been through a horrible stroke and, and, and God has healed him. I'm talking about miraculously. He's going to get out the hospital shortly. He's been going through. He, amen. Th three, nearly three weeks. A terrible show. He said, he said, Bishop, I got a testimony. But watch this. He said, he said, but the one thing I learned since I went through this is you can't have a testimony without having gone through a test. Look at somebody, if you've been through a test this year, look at somebody, tell them, I made it! I can't, I can't tell his testimony. I, there's some folks sitting in front of me right now. You've been in the hospital more than once this year. And you keep, God keep preserving you. I'm looking at your coach. God keep preserving you. You, you go in there and God bring you back out again. You, I look at you, sister Bird. You go in there and God bring you back out again. You've been through some things this year. But you've been through the test. But God has now given you a testimony. How good he can be even in the midst of the storm. You know, I would say I'm going to my seat, but I'm leaning on it right now. I got to stop. But before I stop, I got one more thing to tell you. Because, see, it wouldn't be good enough for you to be a worshiper and a witness. Because if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. So God doesn't just want you to tell somebody. At some point, third word, you got to become a worker for the kingdom. There's something that God has intended for you to do. Wait a minute. Hold up. Stop. God didn't preserve your life for you just to eat bonbons and talk about how good he is. No, God kept you here for a reason. You got through that accident for a reason. You could have been dead, but God preserved your life for a reason. And since you're here, you ought to say, Lord, what will you have me to do? Use me, Lord. In your service, how can I serve you?
See, when you realize that cross has two arms outstretched because there's work to do. There's a humanity to, to win. There are people who are going through. And let me tell you something. I know we all been through something different this year, but there's somebody that needs your testimony. There's somebody that needs your prayers. There's somebody that needs your good morning. There's somebody that needs you to attest to the fact that God is with you. There's somebody that needs to know that God will preserve you, that God will keep you. And I know you think you've been all by yourself going through this thing, but you've never been alone. God has been with you the whole time, and God has been taking care of you. And every disruption in your life, God will make it worth your while because God uses disruptions to bring about miracles and sooner or later you're going to look back at what you went through and you're going to give God a praise saying all things have worked together for the good of those that love the Lord. I don't know what you are doing, Lord, but whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Come on, give him a praise. Come on, give him a praise. Come on, give him a praise. Lord, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without the doors of church open.